0: Welcome everyone to this fresh new episode of the podcast. I pray that today is a great day for you. I pray that today is um, a day that you're not dealing with your anxiety as much, that your anxiety is on vacation this week, that he's not in your basement or under your bed trying to grab your ankles as you get up every morning, but that you're having a good day. I realize that so many of us have probably been overwhelmed these past couple weeks from this COVID-19 crisis, but my hope is that today is a good day. Today we're talking about a very timely and timeless topic that I hope isn't limited to uh, our current situation, but is a discussion that will help us even after this quarantine life is over. Today we're talking about isolation and the factory of our minds, so you see why it's timeless and timely. Uh, I assume that most of you with anxiety can relate to this, whether it's social isolation or just Living in your own heads. We all seem to do that in some way or another. The goal today, though, is to see the importance of living outside of our heads and the power of community. I know you've heard me say that before, but we're going to keep talking about it. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, We'd love for you to hit the subscribe button. Tell us how this podcast has benefited you. And you can do that by reviewing and rating it on whatever platform you're joining us on. Uh, We want to be a community of people that work together to embrace our journeys. And the important thing for us is to be real, live authentic. So let's get trying. Do any of you remember the classic movie Castaway? Castaway follows Chuck Nolan, a FedEx employee played by Tom Hanks, whose plane crashes while en route to Malaysia. Nolan is the only survivor of the crash and finds himself stranded on an island for four straight years. He lives, uh, isolated and alone, uh, going through what has to be probably one of the most emotionally traumatic experiences a person can endure. Nolan spends so much time alone that he creates a fictitious character, a companion, if you will, with a volleyball that he names Wilson. So I'm sure it's pretty obvious why I'm I'm bringing this movie up. the The moral of the story is: if you're isolated, you will start talking to volleyballs. I mean, I'm assuming that since you've been in quarantine, you started talking talking to your refrigerator or your uh, microwave or something. I mean, I'm just assuming because we're all going stir crazy. Isolation is a real thing. it's, It's one of those things that may not be physical isolation, but it can be an emotional one. While you may not be physically stuck on an island, you may be emotionally stuck there. Some of us live in both worlds. Uh, We feel emotionally isolated, but have also chosen to physically isolate ourselves from community and relationships. Real quick, I would like for us to look at the words isolation and loneliness. See, they both go hand in hand, and I want us to be clear about our understanding of these words because we're going to be using them quite a bit. Isolation is the act of separating ourselves from others to be alone. Loneliness is the feeling of separation from others to be alone. They sound like the same definition, don't they? But did you hear the difference between the two? Isolation is the act. It's the action of separation. While loneliness is the feeling of separation from others. Again, isolation the act, loneliness the feeling. Let's talk now about the impact these words have on our lives and our overall mental health. I would like for you to ask yourself these questions. Would you consider yourself a lonely or isolated person? Do you retreat into your mind because you have a lack of trust for someone? Or do you seclude yourself to avoid being hurt? Now, let's take a minute to get a good understanding of loneliness. Remember, loneliness is the feeling of separation. It's that feeling that separates us from people. Is this something you struggle with? Do you feel that when you're with a group of people, you still feel alone? Do you feel like no one cares or no one gets you? Do you find yourself sitting at home on a weekend wondering why nobody's calling or nobody's texting? Do you wonder why people are not asking to hang out or to talk? Obviously with proper social distancing, of course. See, I want you to know something. I feel this way often. Most days I feel more alone when I'm with people than I do when I'm actually alone. I want you to understand that I get it. I I, I have been there. I've lived it. and And that's why I do what I do. That's I wish so badly that I could take you and I out of this valley of loneliness and put us in a world of of joy and happiness. But if I've come to realize anything about that destination of joy and happiness, it's it's not going to be a quick helicopter ride. But really... It's a dangerous, violent climb up a side of the mountain, up an emotional mountain, really. There's something really important that we need to understand about loneliness. It has been proven that it has the same impact. Loneliness has the same impact as if you or I were smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Fifteen. This makes it more dangerous than obesity. Now, if this isn't enough to get you motivated, here's some other ways that loneliness can affect your health. It's been proven that if you deal with loneliness, you're more likely for heart disease and type 2 diabetes. Also, you're twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's. It wasn't until about two or three months ago that I was doing some research on this topic and found these numerous articles uh, addressing this, this issue, and it reminded me of how important this work, this climb, really is. It reminded me of the importance of having a social connection, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Mother Teresa says, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Hmm. Let's focus our attention for a minute on the word isolation. Remember that isolation is the act of separating ourselves from other others. Currently, at the time of this recording, we are in quarantine to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. This action has been mandated by states and local and federal government And some states have issued a stay-at-home order. Some have been a little more uh, open about it. But the reality is this is the act of social isolation. It's, It's isolating ourselves from physical contact to try to help prevent the spread of this virus. Is this a bad thing? Well, not necessarily. By doing this, we're helping protect the tribe. We're helping protect our neighbors, if you will. Isolation isn't always a bad thing, but it is if it leads to loneliness. Our time in isolation has to be filled with routine and purpose, not mindless chaos. Our isolation needs to produce an opportunity for solitude instead of loneliness. But don't ever use solitude as a mask to cover up your loneliness. They're not the same thing, and our isolation, it can produce both. There's a difference between loneliness and solitude. While both require seclusion, only one is a prison and the other a freedom. Solitude is a free feeling of purpose that allows you to be alone but not lonely. Solitude is, is a positive engagement. With ourselves. It's a chance for those of us who follow Jesus to have a deep conversation with the Holy Spirit about who God is and how we can grow to be in his likeness. Loneliness is none of those things, it's merely a negative, abusive relationship with our own insecurities. Loneliness wants to punish who you are and keep you from having deep, meaningful relationships. It wants you to stay lonely. Another side to isolation is the motive in which we have to isolate ourselves. So let's think about this scenario for a moment. A group of your coworkers are heading out to lunch together, and they invite you to go. You wrestle internally for a bit, and then you decide, "No, nah, I'm not going to go." But really, without good reason, your coworkers uh, leave, and and you're left feeling alone. It's this crazy cycle of loneliness. And, and what's crazy is, is that you isolated yourself, but you're left with your thoughts of not feeling loved or valued. You feel lonely. Now, is that your coworkers' fault? I mean, not necessarily. I really think it's probably yours. And it's ironic that even in our choice to isolate, we feel rejected by others. It really makes no sense, does it? When we choose isolation over connection, we will always be left feeling empty. Unfortunately, we're our own worst enemy. We'll be left with our thoughts that we aren't good enough, how stupid we were for not joining them, how no one likes us, etc. But the crazy thing was is that your coworkers just extended you an olive branch showing you that they wanted to have a connection with you. So we need to ask ourselves, why do I avoid an opportunity for social connection? There's always a deeper issue that we need to address. For me, the deeper issue is an insecurity about my value. Uh, Does my life matter? Now, that's rooted in the pain that I felt as a bullied child. So naturally, I avoid connection because as a kid, I didn't feel loved or valued. Those insecurities have stayed with me for three decades and have become like the chief motive uh, of why I choose not to grow my relationships with people. What's the insecurity that you feel? What's the insecurity that leads you to isolate yourself either physically or mentally? And I'm telling you right now, until you have an awareness of that pain, uh, of, of, of whatever it is that you're using to isolate yourself, no to-do list or method you put in place is going to fix your loneliness. Please hear that. You need to first confront the pain and insecurity that you feel. Then you can put the work in place to overcome it. So as we move forward, I'm going to assume that you know what your pain is, I'm going to assume that you know the lies that your insecurities are telling you. So I want us to focus the rest of our episode on some practical things that we can do to both uh, overcome this in quarantine and just in life in general, uh, to, to overcome uh, our isolation producing loneliness, but use our isolation for solitude. Whether it's quarantine life or everyday life, it's so important that you have a daily routine. A daily routine gives structure and purpose to your day and prevents your mind from wandering. Here's a way that you can do a self-evaluation on yourself. Determine the times of day where you have the most energy. Determine the times when you have the least amount of energy. And what you want to do is place important things on, on those times when you feel most productive and place less important things uh, in the times where your energy's low. See, what you do is by putting those important things, you're, you're increasing the likelihood that you're going to get them done and you're decreasing the anxiety that you feel uh, toward the task. And so if you need to do the dishes, if it's something that has to get done, don't try to do it during your low energy time. You'll fail. But if you want to spend time in scripture, you probably need to do it also during your high energy time because you want to be able to be productive and comprehend and grow what you're reading. The goal isn't to overwhelm yourself, but it is to create structure. Structure will help you in isolation. One of the simplest things we can do, and this is so, so important, and I used to just scoff whenever I heard people say this, but one of the simplest things we can do is set a bedtime and a wake time for our sleep. About two and a half months ago, I was reading the book Start by John Acuff. In the book, he talks about living your dreams and the sacrifice that it takes to fulfill that dream. And one of the things that he challenges his readers with is to be selfish at 5 a.m. He says that this is the best time to work on things that are important to you because the rest of your day is going to be filled with tasks and interruptions. And, you know, when I initially read this, I was like, oh, this sounds terrible. I, I don't I don't want to do this. Um. Because you know what? I'm a night owl, and that's one of those things where I'm like, hey, you know, I like working at night. But the more and more I read, the more and more I felt convicted to try this. And so I put a routine in place to go to bed by 10, 15 every night, which is about three hours earlier than I usually do. And I started trying to wake up between 5.30 and 6. And I've been doing this for about two months now. And I have got to tell you that it has been such an amazing thing. And I know you're probably like, whatever, I can't do that. Well, I was that guy. Please understand, I was that guy. What this has allowed me to do is provide time that I can spend with the Lord and time being creative. I actually am recording this podcast during that block of time, and it's great because it—I don't have to feel guilty about not helping out with the kids or helping out with dinner or whatever because my my kids are still in bed, and and that's what's great is it provides this opportunity for you to be creative, and and if you do both, if you set a, a sleep time and a wake time, you actually are able to get a good night's rest on a consistent basis, and that goes so far. I, wanna, I just want to reiterate something, though, about a daily routine, and this is something that he says, John Acuff says in that book, Start. He says, what I learned in that season was that when, I, when it comes to time management or other ways to accelerate awesome, change has to be simple, especially new change. It has to be easily manageable or we'll fail at it before we even start. We can add other changes down the road, but when we're beginning our journey, we just need to get one thing right. So for your daily routine, pick one thing, whether it's that energy blocks that we talked about or whether it's those sleep time, wake time moments. The next practical thing that we need to embrace is in our isolation, we need to be positive. It's important that we do this. I I wish so badly that this was something that was priority for everyone. I wish we would choose to do this. Paul tells us uh, in the book of Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. All those are positive. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't it crazy that positivity would bring peace? Hmm, maybe we should avoid negative things. Did you know that that verse comes right before this scripture? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is nothing in those passages that tell you to be negative about a situation or a person. We will miss so many opportunities to love and encourage people when we are stuck in our negativity. Isolation can either grow negativity, which leads to loneliness, or it will grow positivity, which leads to solitude or rejoicing. So if you're the person who's stranded on the island inside your mind, it's time to start bringing some new natives to the land. We need positivity in this world so badly, and it has to start with each of us individually. So how do we take inventory of this in our lives? Well, I think the first thing we should do is ask, what am I consuming? I've mentioned this before, but if you're glued to the news, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're consumed by fear, especially these days. If you're watching lots of trashy TV shows, then your mind is going to be consumed with unholy things. If the people you talk to are negative and discouraging, it will only breed criticism in you. So choose positivity Choose love. Maybe instead of watching the news, you play a board game or go on a walk with your family. Maybe instead of binge watching a TV show, you read a good book. I hear the Bible's a good one. These are just a couple of ways that we can choose positivity in our isolation, and this is so important. The last application goes along with choosing love. We're in a time like never before with technology. While we may be stuck in our homes, you can video chat a friend or a family member. You can pick up a phone and call or text someone. We were created for community, and I feel like I've said this a hundred times, but we are. Relationships give us the feeling of comfort. It, it, It gives us support and hope. Forced isolation doesn't mean we can't have community. It just means we have to do it a little differently. If we're isolating ourselves from others, either emotionally or physically, it's time to put our pride down. It's time to embrace real, authentic relationships. We need to do this. It's time to call up your sister and say, hey, this virus thing, it's freaking me out. It's scaring me. Or it's time to ask your buddy, to lunch and say, man, I am struggling with not feeling like I'm good enough lately. G.K. Chesterton said this, through all this ordeal, his root horror had been isolation, and there were no words to express the abyss between isolation and having one ally. What Chesterton is hinting at is that the distance between isolation and another person feels like an eternity. But I want you to hear this. It's actually closer than you think. But it requires the vulnerability to reach out. That's the distance, is whether you're going to be real and authentic or you're going to be prideful and sheltered. So please do it. You and the other person both, we need it. We need those things in our lives. We need people that are real and authentic. Now, the last part of this social connection piece that I want to mention is that we need to have an awareness of others who may be isolating themselves. Just because you're having a good day doesn't mean that everyone is. It doesn't mean that someone isn't living in their own head with thoughts of suicide and loneliness. The most important piece to social connection is love, and we have to stop thinking about ourselves and be able to see other people who may be hurting. We can't miss this. This is so very important. This is the only way we keep going. It's the only way we'll survive isolation. And guess what? We don't have to physically be in the same place to check in on one another. All right, so let's recap our time in this episode. Remember, isolation is the act of separation while loneliness is the feeling of separation from others. Isolation can produce an opportunity for growth. It can, it, it can produce solitude, or it can breed loneliness in our insecurities. So we have to work against that. Now, there were three things that we can do to fight against this enemy that comes from isolation. We need to develop a routine. Bedtime, wake time, high-energy times, low-energy times, place important tasks in those. We need to choose positivity. uh, Evaluate what you're consuming and how it affects you. Make the moments of isolation about growth and about family. Never lose social connection. Talk to your friends and family over the phone or video chat. Share your struggles with someone you love and you trust. Check on those around you who may be isolating themselves from the world and they just need someone to reach out to them. I think if we work through these truths, we'll be just fine. (laughs) I hope that you find this topic helpful. I hope that it's beneficial for when you feel physically isolated or emotionally isolated. We want to embrace this journey that we're on, and I believe these are some great ways to do it. If if you find this episode helpful, please share it. Share it with those people that maybe you're thinking about who's not quite there yet to talk about their isolation but need to hear this and know that they're not alone. So please share that out and help them. If if you wouldn't mind, again, to, to rate, review, and share the podcast, that would help out so much. A couple of other things I just want to reiterate. I've said them a bunch of times, and I'm sure you're tired of it, or you've signed off by now. But head over to theanxiouspastor.com and read uh, some of the blog posts. It's great content. I believe that it's very helpful to to just take these episodes a step further. And you can also comment on those. Let's get some dialogue going on on those blog posts. Also, remember that we have a Patreon page, and that's a way that you can help support ongoing uh, the podcast to keep us going financially. That just helps us out in a way. And the easiest way to do that is to go to theanxiouspastor.com, click Become a Patron in the right-hand top corner, and that's the easiest way to do it. I know that it can feel like some days are defeating, but please know that you're not alone. There is hope. And if we build community, then there's help to walk alongside of us. We can get through this, people. We can do it. So don't give up. It's time to be real, it's time to live authentically. So let's get trying.